This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. China's population fell in 2022 for the first time since 1961, when the country was in the throes of Mao's Great Famine. Official statistics showed the population dropped by 850,000 last year, compared with 2021, to 1.4118 billion. That may mean China has already lost its position as the world's most populous country to India, a change that had not been expected until later this year. The shift will fuel fears of a demographic crisis, with too few young Chinese to support an ageing population. China also missed its GDP target for 2022, with the economy growing by just 3% over the year. It is its poorest showing for nearly half a century, save for pandemic hit 2020. It had hoped for a 5.5% expansion, itself a modest ambition compared with the recent past. The economy was whacked by strict COVID containment policies, which included locking down entire cities, sometimes for months. Boris Pistorius will take over as Germany's defence minister, following Christine Lambrecht's resignation on Monday. Mr Pistorius, a member of the ruling Social Democratic Party, previously served as the interior minister of Lower Saxony, a German state. He takes over while other European governments are calling for increased Western armament of Ukraine. His predecessor resigned after committing a series of blunders. Xpeng, a Chinese electric vehicle manufacturer, lowered the price of some of its models by up to 12.5% for the domestic market. The move comes after two competitors, Tesla and Cirrus, cut prices earlier this month. China churns out more electric vehicles than any other country, but Chinese EV makers may struggle to maintain sales as demand in the country is forecast to fall in the coming months. Andrei Medvedev, a former commander of the Wagner Group, is reportedly seeking asylum in Norway after deserting the mercenary organisation. Mr Medvedev's lawyer says that his client is willing to document war crimes he said he witnessed in Ukraine. Mr Medvedev has been arrested and faces charges of illegally entering Norway, his lawyer said. Real estate transactions in Dubai reached a record $143 billion in 2022 with the total number of units sold increasing by over 60%, according to Better Homes, a local consultancy. The surge was fuelled in part by Russian interest. Facing Western sanctions, they were the Emirates' biggest foreign buyers, up from eighth largest in 2021. Real estate accounts for about a third of Dubai's economy. Taliban officials and supporters have begun to sign up to Twitter's paid-for verification service, meaning blue tick marks appear on their accounts. For years, Twitter has controversially allowed the Taliban to post on its site, though without an official-looking blue tick. By paying for Twitter Blue, which launched in December 2022, the jihadists may also benefit from priority ranking in search, mentions and replies. And fact of the day. 72. The number of journalists detained in the Arab world in 2021. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Belarusian democracy on trial. 
On Tuesday, a show trial of Svetlana Tikhanovskaya and four other democracy activists begins in Belarus. But Ms. Tikhanovskaya, the leader of the country's opposition who challenged its president of 28 years, Alexander Lukashenko, in sham elections in 2020, will not be present. She fled the country soon after the polls and has been on the run ever since. This week, she is in Davos at the World Economic Forum to speak about economic revival in a democratic Belarus. Concern over Belarus's domestic repression has been largely superseded by condemnation of its support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but that repression has escalated since the election. Hundreds of civil society groups have been closed down. Some 1,500 dissenters have been locked away. Earlier in January, Alice Bialyatsky, a human rights activist and winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, was tried in Minsk, the capital, on charges of financing protests. Ms. Tikhanovskaya's own litany of sins supposedly includes treason and rioting. She has called her trial in absentia a, quote, disgrace. She will probably be found guilty. Britain's Tight Labor Market Britain's inflation figures for December, published on Wednesday, will most likely show that price pressures are easing, partly due to declining energy prices. Perhaps more important for the Bank of England's future decisions on interest rates, however, will be the labor market figures for the three months to November, published on Tuesday. Despite a slowing economy, there is little sign of rising unemployment in Britain. Such a tight labor market worries the bank. A specific concern is rising levels of economic inactivity. A large number of workers left the labor market during the pandemic, mainly older ones. To lure them back, Britain's Treasury reportedly even briefly considered offering tax breaks to the over-50s to make the office look a bit more attractive compared with early retirement. An increase in the number of workers seeking jobs would be a far less painful way to create some labor market slack than using higher interest rates to dampen demand. Two inquiries into a South Korean tragedy close. South Korea's parliamentary probe into the events of October 29, 2022, when 159 people were killed in a crush in Seoul, wraps up on Tuesday it is unlikely to bring solace to the victims' families. Representatives were supposed to investigate why Halloween revelers were allowed to pack into the narrow alleyways of Itaewon, a popular partying destination, until the sheer mass of bodies turned deadly. Instead, they have been diverted by politicking, self-serving recriminations and testy exchanges. A separate police inquiry that concluded on January 13th referred 23 people for prosecution. But blame was not extended beyond local functionaries to the national government, despite a feeling that it should take responsibility. This is the second tragedy of neglect to befall young South Koreans in recent years. In 2014, a ferry sank off the country's southwest coast, killing over 300 people, most of them schoolchildren. That catastrophe contributed to the president's eventual ousting. The families of the victims in Seoul and the public will probably continue to push for answers. Elon Musk's Tweeting on Trial Long before his $44 billion impulse bid for Twitter, Elon Musk was paying for his intemperate use of the social media platform. One tweet in particular has cost him dearly. Quote, Am considering taking Tesla private at $420 a share, funding secured, wrote Mr. Musk falsely in August 2018. The share price of his electric car company, well below that level at the time, duly soared. But no such deal was remotely at hand. 
America's Securities and Exchange Commission promptly sued him for fraud, which Mr. Musk settled, incurring a $20 million penalty. On Tuesday, a separate securities fraud lawsuit goes on trial in San Francisco. The Tesla investors bringing the case to court allege that Mr. Musk's reckless statement cost them billions of dollars. Mr. Musk denies the charge. Ironically, in surveys, people say firms whose bosses use social media are much more trustworthy than those who avoid it. Mr. Musk seems to be an exception. The SEC now requires that all his Tesla-related tweets be vetted by a lawyer for the firm, the so-called, quote, Twitter-sitter. A musical pioneer reckons with mortality. Ryuchi Sakamoto, a Japanese composer, releases 12 on Tuesday, his 71st birthday. He penned the album's dozen musical sketches as he recovered from his second battle with cancer. The album seems a distant, stripped-down relative of the jaunty synth-pop that Mr. Sakamoto produced as part of Yellow Magic Orchestra, a pioneering electronic music outfit. Yukihiro Takahashi, another member of the group, died last week. Dark synthesizer drones pair with wandering piano solos. Sparse chords ring out and are left to fade unaccompanied. A seeming meditation on mortality and what persists and what must decay. The track's titles are simply the dates they were composed, the exception being a mid-album sarabande, or triple-meter dance. This intimate, unnerving sound diary hints at the composer's evolving moods and physical condition. His frail, labored breathing can often be heard clearly, so too can birdsong. These imperfections, Mr. Sakamoto says, were left intentionally on the recordings, reminders that even as breaths grow short, life dutifully carries on. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which English comedian played the almost silent character Mr. Bean? Monday. Which band performed the 1976 hit Play That Funky Music? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Catherine Booth, who was born on this day in 1829. If we are to better the future, we must disturb the present. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.